Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 191. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you today for another lovely episode of this program that I love so dearly to record. I am excited to get into my grades for the New York Jets as we head into the bye week. We'll go by position and player. You'll see. You will see as we go along here. And we have your voicemails, but we have big, big news. Gentlemen across the nation, I have an urgent message for you. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the Ultrasphere, introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting edge design and next generation dual skin safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to t- take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the now 9 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, including yours truly, with the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my code JETS20. We were here for the 3.0, the 4.0, and now the 5.0. We've been working with Manscaped for a really long time. They are a big supporter of me and the program, so... Please, if you could support them, it would mean the most to me. I just got my lawnmower 5.0, and I love it. My boys have not looked better. I am excited to get it, and you should be too. So make sure to pick it up over at manscaped.com. Promo code JETS20. Okay, let's hop into the episode. I am excited to get into some grades, and this one is courtesy of friend of the program, NYJ Matt. If you're not on Twitter or X, uh, one there's more content over there for not only my coverage, if you want to see that, but there's a ton of great follows. And one of my favorite follows is NYJ Matt. Really funny guy. He does a program with his buddy NYJ Mike, uh, a Broadway Broadway Jets um, on YouTube. So if you want to check it out, but really good Twitter account. And he tweeted out uh, how you would grade these players. So these uh, are not his grades, but his template. And I wanted to go through mine on the show today. We'll look at Zach Wilson, Salah, Hackett, Ulbrich, offensive line, wide receivers and tight ends are grouped together, D-line, linebackers, secondary, and special teams. So we have a few different categories that we're going to get into. And, you know, really the reason why I think now's a good time to reflect on a grade is because you're at the bye week and they exceeded expectations at the bye week for where they were four plays into their season. Once Aaron Rodgers goes down and Zach Wilson is forced to come in, you're like, oh boy, here we go. Let's see how this one's going to go. And they find themselves at three and three at the bye. A lot of people would have signed up for three and three, myself included, with Aaron Rodgers. This was a very, very challenging first six games of the season. You had Buffalo in your own building and you had to go on the road to Dallas. You played the Eagles and the Chiefs, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl already. You had to go to Denver and you played New England. And unfortunately, the New England one is a game you feel like you should have got, right? It feels like one that you should have had. But even still, 3-3 three and three at the bye, I would have signed up for that with Aaron Rodgers because of how the second half of the season eases up. And I think even with Zach Wilson, they still have a chance to do some real damage here in the second half. And finally, finally end that playoff drought it's been since the 2010 season that the new york jets have not made the playoffs so i am very much so rooting really really hard for this jets football team as i'm sure all of you are and let's without further ado get into my grades for where the jets 
are so far in their season. is six weeks through the year. Still another 11 games to go, but we start with the quarterback in Zach Wilson. And now Zach Wilson was not supposed to play this year. Really, the uh, the feel was for him to be the backup, sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years and hopefully have a reset. And that reset lasted all but four plays. And he got thrown into the fire. And all things considered, I think he's been okay. I'm going to give Zach Wilson a C plus. Um, I think you could convince me to go as high as a B minus, but I'm not going to go lower than a C plus because I think that's about an average performance and he's performed like a, a backup should. And, you know, there were some really good moments where he exceeded that C plus grade. For instance, the Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, I thought that was the best game of his career. And there were games where he looked like the F version of Zach Wilson, which was against the New England Patriots. But the last three games or so, pretty much since the Kansas City Chiefs games, he looked like, you know, early career Mark Sanchez, which the Jets rode early career Mark Sanchez to a nine-win season and an 11-win season and back-to-back trips to the AFC Championship game with a really, really strong defense and run game. So now you are, what, however many 13 years later, and here you go, you are back with a young quarterback who they are trying to just have manage the game. They don't want him to lose them the game, and to his credit, he hasn't done that the last three weeks. I think he's played good football he's played pretty good football to his standards anyway uh or to a backup quarterback standard and that is enough right now where they are at three and three and there's room for improvement which is why i put it at a c plus and i'm hoping in the second half he works his way up you know into the b's or even higher than that but i think red zone efficiency is something that the whole team needs to get better at i'll get into that a little bit more even with nathaniel hackett but he is a a part of those the, the problem at the quarterback position it's the most important position on the offense and in the sport so you know he does play a factor in those red zone uh, struggles he does play a factor you know in the offense seemingly only being able to score a touchdown a game so there are good things with Zach for instance he's take he's taking a t- tangible step forward from where he was last year which he looked unplayable at the second half of last year. Uh, and there was a moment where, this year where he looked unplayable again against uh, New England. But to his credit, he has not looked like that in the last three weeks. So the Jets are confident in him. I hope that he continues to improve out of the bye and works up from that grade. But pretty solid from Zach Wilson so far. So he gets a C-plus grade. Robert Sala is up next. I am going to give Robert Sala an A-. I think he deserves a very, very, very good grade for this New York Jets football team. The reason why it's that high is because of the hand that he was dealt. For what was supposed to be a a team with Aaron Rodgers at the helm and you have championship aspirations and the whole nine, right? Like there's really, really high expectations. The adversity that he has faced and that this team has overcome, I think, is what really impresses me the most. So they lose Aaron Rodgers in the first game of the year. You know, high, you know, emotions were high that game, and they find a way to squeak out a win at home in week one against the Buffalo Bills, who are a Super Bowl contender. Then in week six, right before your bye week, you have an opportunity where Uh, You are down multiple, multiple starters in your secondary. 
you have guys who are, with all due respect to them, because they played pretty well in this game, but they are practice squad level guys, came in and helped shut down an offense that was in the Super Bowl last year in the Philadelphia Eagles. And they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, an unbeaten team, a team that they've never beaten before in their team's history. And that is why I think you sign up for three and three. As I said, you were hoping for a three and three start, four and two, maybe best case scenario for uh, the New York Jets out of the gate with Aaron Rodgers. And to do it without Aaron and without Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed for a game and still be able to find a way to beat a, a team like the Bills and beat a team like the Eagles, that's damn impressive. And to go toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that what knocks it down from an A to an A- minus for me are, are two things. One, slow starts, which as the head coach, that is going to fall on his shoulders for better or for worse. And number two, I think some of the things he's done in the press conferences bother me. Not a not a ton where I'm going to go absolutely nuclear on the guy. I think that is completely unfair. As I did a video earlier this week, and I've mentioned on Twitter multiple times, I think Jeff fans need to give Robert Sala more credit for where this team is. And I think fans are too hard for on Robert Sala more often than not. But I think he has done very, very well so far with an A-minus grade. I think that is worthwhile for him. Nathaniel Hackett is up next. I'm going to give Hackett a C plus. I think that the red zone issues are definitely uh, a problem. That is one of the reasons why it's a lower grade. He was also put in a tough spot having to go from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. Uh, I think personnel could get better, but has improved over the last few weeks. They've done a better job phasing Dalvin Cook out and leaning more on Brees Hall, which is something that a lot of people wanted to see. I wanted to see it that way as well. They're getting Xavier Gibson the ball more. They are using play action a little bit more now. They're being more aggressive with Zach Wilson. We saw it in the Kansas City game. We saw it in the Philadelphia game. They were aggressive on first down. They were utilizing the play action and the passing attack on first down. Uh, There's been times where I think he's gone too conservative. For instance, the Denver game, I understand how well the run was working. They ran Brees Hall 22 times, and he went for... 177 yards and a touchdown like completely understand why he was fed the football and I'm not complaining about Brees getting those touches but in the red zone specifically where this team has struggled and when you get down to that point and you're in second and long from or second and goal from like the nine yard line that's a time to me where you gotta you gotta throw they talk about where you know they got to put themselves in better situations on third down he's one of the reasons why they aren't in better situations on third down but I think he's been okay. There's been some nice moments. There's been some not-so-nice moments. He's been okay. Jeff Ulbrich gets a full A. I don't know how you could say otherwise for for Jeff Ulbrich. I guess if you want to say why isn't an A+, maybe you put some of the defensive slow starts on, on his unit, but he is primed to get a head coaching job. At some point very soon, Jeff Ulbrich is going to be a head coach. You look at coordinators who I think are going to be big names for potential hires. Uh, obviously, the offensive coordinator up in Detroit is going to be one. Uh, Schwartz's defense in Cleveland is going to be another one. And I think Ulbrich and his defense here is another is a third guy who's going to be in the mix. He is, uh, again, this team really since week four last season in 2022, it began to click. And it doesn't seem to matter that, you know, the secondary was banged up. 
They still played a stellar game. They're getting home with the pass rush. The linebackers have played well, and more on those individual positional groups and those individual guys as we go. But my goodness, what a job Jeff Ulbrich has done. And the funny thing was when Robert Sala was hired and he brought in Mike LaFleur to be his offensive coordinator and Jeff Ulbrich to be his defensive coordinator, the story was that LaFleur was such a good offensive mind that maybe it would be a bad thing for a young quarterback because if he comes in and plays well, and that was the expectation with Zach Wilson, many thought he would come in and play well right away, that he would get hired too early in his career and that would then hurt your young quarterback, which to what I said at the time, if that's that happens, talk about champagne problems where you found your young quarterback and your offense is doing well because if you're hiring an offensive coordinator to be a head coach, that means it's one of the league's best offenses, which is something we're not used to with the Jets. And obviously we know how things went and Mike LaFleur gets fired after two years, but it ended up being Ulbrich, who is the one who will probably receive head coaching consideration very, very soon. I think Ulbrich has done a really, really, really good job with this defense. And uh, I, I love it. And Salah deserves a ton of credit for it, but so does Ulbrich. He gets an A. Let's go positional groups now. We did Zach Wilson, but we'll do other positional groups. Offensive line, I'm going to give a C plus. Uh, I think the bad was the beginning with like Dwayne Brown struggles in the first two weeks. Lakin Tomlinson struggles in the first few weeks, although the last three or four games of Lakin Tomlinson have been very good. Joe Tittman's coming, and we're still waiting on the injury update there and done a really nice job. AVT was doing well, but... They've held together pretty okay since you know the injuries and the shuffling around. There's been a lot of iterations of this offensive line already, and they've been shuffled around a lot, probably more than we would have liked through the first six weeks. But the emergence of Makai Becton coming back and you know stabilizing at left tackle, um, Connor McGovern's kind of been a little below average this year. But overall, I would say not a great offensive line. It's definitely not as bad as how some people make it out to be. I. I see comments, whether it's on some on YouTube, but a lot of it really on on like Instagram and TikTok and videos. It's like it doesn't matter who you put at quarterback or it doesn't matter this or that because of just how bad the offensive line is, which if you wanted to maybe make that argument the first two weeks of the year. OK, I'd, I'd hear you out on it, but I do think the offensive line has played significantly better over the last four games. So I, I don't think that's a fair argument to talk about this offensive line. Again, I don't think they are a stellar offensive line. They have a long way to go, but this is not a bottom three unit in football. It's not. You look, Try to watch the New York Giants play offense and tell me that you should throw the Jets in the same boat of, oh, this is this offensive line is way holding them back. It's not. They are holding up fine. Are they, again, are they a great unit? No. Are they a horrific unit? Also, no. They're okay. They're about average. So the C-plus grade is about average so um, I, I think that's where the offensive line falls in I'm again want to give some more credit to Makai Becton who had a tough day with the pressures uh, numbers with dealing with some of the speedy edge rushers but also had his fair share of the pancake blocks the the, bl- the block and point at Barnett he's been good and for the most part outside of a handful of plays in Denver he stayed on the field and they very much so need that to continue for him I love Makai Becton. I am very happy to see him come back and play well. Uh, this is this is good for him and for the New York Jets going forward. Let's take a look at the wide receivers and tight ends. 
Uh, I'm going to go with a B, and I think Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin, and a little bit Jeremy Ruckert are carrying this group. And some of Lazard, although Lazard didn't have a good game, uh, honestly, against the Eagles. The the penalty was bogus, but he had a drop right after that, which is not good. So it was a big drive killer there. But Garrett Wilson, as good as advertised, a special, special, special player. Um, I absolutely love what we've seen from him. Um, really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Uh, they could use some more, though, because right now, I like Lazard. I don't know if he is the best number two option. They could have used a Corey Davis, who unfortunately, you know, retired on the eve of the season. And that really, really hurt this team. Really, really hurt this team. Um, so it, it's it's tough. That's a real tough one. Um, I don't, again, I don't love the wide receiver room outside of the top. Um Randall Cobb's really struggled. Xavier Gibson's coming along. I think there's room for improvement there. The the usage, so maybe this isn't necessarily fair, but like CJ Uzama's kind of struggled this year and he got used more early on. So I don't think that it would be crazy to say that it's a, that it's a B. I can't go higher than a B. I could be convinced on a little bit lower, but I, I think that it's above average because of the production that they get from Garrett. Um and because of Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Rucker coming on a little bit here. Uh, running backs wasn't initially included on this list, but I'm adding running back in. Uh, and I'm going to give the running back room a B plus. And it, that is another unit that is carried heavily by Brees Hall. Brees Hall has been absolutely stellar for this football team. Another, Like I talked about Garrett as a special player. Brees Hall is in that same boat, man. Anytime he touches the football, you're just on the edge of your seat. Uh, really good stuff from Brees, but unfortunately, the, it, this can't be an A because of how ineffective both Dalvin Cook and Michael Carter have been. Both those guys really are, are weighing it down. I'd like to see Izzy Abanacanda maybe outside of the bye. Like this could be your opportunity to ramp up both Xavier Gibson and maybe Izzy Abanacanda to get them in more. And maybe you act, think about activating a Jason Brownlee or something like that. Um, you know, to try to help out in the red zone as a big target. But B-plus for the running backs. Again, Brees is as good as advertised. Special player. Loved what we saw from Brees Hall. Uh, Dalvin Cook has looked slightly better the last two games or so, but not enough to the point where it's uh, a net positive, and Michael Carter has really struggled the last two weeks. Had a false start penalty uh, and a drop in this game, and had a huge drop in the Chiefs game. So kind of frustrating stuff there. Knocks it down from what probably if a unit, if a running back room has Brees Hall, should be grading out to an A, uh, but is dropping down to a B plus because of the other two guys in the room. Defensive line, A. A. It, they've been, they are really good. Bryce Huff, fine. And this is a guy we've talked about for a long, long, long time about how often and how efficient he is at getting after the quarterback and pressuring the quarterback. And it's so bizarre the pushback that I have gotten on we're trying to get Bryce Huff on the field more. And it was when Bryce Huff is getting like 20 to 30% of the snaps. I was like, this guy's got to be a part of the rotation heavier, like closer to the 50%, you know, 40 to 55%, right? Because unless you're Quinton Williams, no one's really getting more than that 55%. Uh, but I thought he was someone that needs needed to be on the field more. 
And they're still fighting with people who are like, not like he's the reason why he's efficient is because of the limited snaps and it's the rotation. Like he's not going to get, he shouldn't get more snaps. And the last three weeks, his snap count has gone up incrementally. And this past week, he was right around 50%. And he went from seven pressures to eight pressures to nine pressures, 24 pressures and what, two and a half sacks in three weeks? It's been really, really good. Really, really good. A special, special talent. Uh, Quinnen Williams is just as good. The sack numbers are not there yet. I think they will start to come a little bit more, but he is pressuring the quarterback at a very, very high clip. And those pressures lead to turnovers, which is something the Jets have been much, much better at this year. So he's probably not getting 12 and a half sacks, but is still the same effective player. Uh, JFM is still somehow underrated by the NFL and by this fan base at times. Really, really solid, solid guy. Carl Lawson's been a downer, but they've gotten, you know, JJ's coming along now. Uh, Quinton Jefferson's proven to be a great signing. Al Woods has been better even since he's been activated again the last two weeks. Deep, deep unit. Really the only thing that's the bummer is uh, I would say Carl Lawson. Michael Clemens has kind of not been great. And um, Will McDonald, they got to get going a little bit. And, you know, to be fair, Jermaine Johnson didn't show a ton last year. His biggest moment was that game against the Buffalo Bills. And he has started to come on pretty nicely midway through his second season. So by no means is it time to bail on any rookie prospect. I think that would be silly. But... It would be nice if they could see if we could see some more flashes from him in the second half of the year. But overall, a linebackers, a plus, a plus. The CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams duo is stellar, stellar. CJ Mosley, it's obvious that he's lost a step at this point, but he is always, always, always around the football. He is a great leader, and he is so smart that even with his, um, abilities, I don't want to say diminishing because that's too harsh of a word, but slowing, right? Like he's, he's past 30. Now he's on the wrong side of 30. So like he's beginning to slow down, which that, that happens in the NFL. Um, it's, you know, father time gets everybody, but the reason why he is still an effective linebacker, a very, very good linebacker is because of how smart of a football player he is. And Quincy Williams, man, un- unbelievable. He is, he's an all pro. He's playing like an all-pro right now. He should be an all-pro uh, if this continues the rest of the way. It's no secret. I was been hard on him the last two years with uh, whether it be missed tackles or his his coverage, but those things have gone away. He's gotten significantly better in coverage. Missed tackle numbers are way, way down, and he somehow has gotten even faster, and the splashier plays are there. There's not as much variance anymore. That was the, that was my biggest thing with Quincy was the variance that the it was the highs were really high, but the lows were really lows. The lows cut, and we're getting much, 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 much uh, higher highs uh, and much more consistency. Really, really good find. So happy that Quincy Williams is developing the way that he is. He is a special, special linebacker. Secondary, I'm going to give a B plus. Uh, I think the cornerback trio is very, very good. Sauce Gardner, I I think the sophomore slump stuff from earlier in the year was way overblown. He really only had one poor game uh, against Buffalo Bills in week one. And I thought that outside of the dropped pick, which dropping a pick is bad, 
against Dallas. He was good in coverage in that game and has been good the rest of the way. DJ Reed, unsung hero again on this defense. Michael Carter the second, one of the best slot corners in the game. That's a really good trio. And Bryce Hall stepped up, played well the last two weeks. Craig James, you know, the, we know the whole story there. Sec, uh, the safeties, I think, bring this down a touch. And in two of the three, you know, wins, safeties came up with big plays. Jordan Whitehead had the three picks in week one, which was awesome. I love that. Tony Adams had the big pick in this game the last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. They need to hit a level of consistency because if there's a one critique of this defense, they, at the safety spot, miss a lot of tackles, miss a lot of tackles. Since that performance in week one from Jordan Whitehead, the three interceptions, he's struggled. He's reverted back to something that's really plagued him a lot in his career. And his missed tackles is over. He's missed over 20% of his tackles on the season. That's a really, really high clip. Really high clip. And it happened again in this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. He tried to come down and make a big hit at the goal line. Kind of whiffed on it. It was him and Quincy there. And they couldn't get him down. And he gets in the end zone. So that's that's frustrating. And uh, I thought Tony Adams had a really tough game against the Broncos. Thankfully bounced back and you know came up with a really big interception. Um, they've done a good job at taking away the football. I think they just need to have a, a, a certain level of consistency to hit for me before I talk about them as a major, major positive. I think that's probably the weakest link on the defense right now. Uh, so secondary, B+, plus, and special teams. Last but certainly not least, special teams, A+. Plus. A++++++. Plus, 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 plus. So good. So let's start with the kicker, Greg Zerloin. Automatic. He is very, 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 very clutch, consistent, really good find because the Jets, pretty much ever since they let uh, was it, uh, Jason Myers go uh, to Seattle, whatever the, the kicker they let go to, to Seattle, um, they it was a rotating cycle of names. Kerry Vedvik, uh, Sam Ficken, they, they rotated through kickers. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro was brought in. It was tough. It was a really tough thing for this Jets team to find consistency there, and they find it with Greg Zerloin. Thomas Morstead is such an upgrade over Braden Mann, and I'm sorry. I don't want to continue to beat the dead horse of, you know, uh, of Braden Mann. He's gone. He's with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's there. <laughs> He's their issue now. Uh, but Thomas, it's such an obvious upgrade week over week. This, he does such a good job of pinning teams deep inside the twenty. And one of the biggest issues with man was how many touchbacks he would kick or shanks or line drive punts. Those are gone. I mean, they've had two safeties this year, one against the Chiefs and one against Denver, both because of stellar Braden man punts, which pins the opponent down deep in their own territory. And they got points out of it. That's huge. When was when was Braden man stealing points? Thomas Morstead stealing this team points. It's awesome. You have the, Gibson as a returner won the game in, in Buffalo um, you know, J Justin Hardy's missed time, but he's a, a solid special teamer. Uh, Irv Charles, they've gotten out there making big plays on special teams. He's been active the last two weeks. Jets special teams and Brant Boyer just out here doing the whole thing, man. Just doing the damn thing. So those are my grades. Again, if you want to drop yours in the comments or uh, on social media, Zach Wilson, Sala, Hackett, Ulbrick, O-line, wide receivers and tight ends, running backs, D-line, linebackers, secondary, and special teams. Drop your grades down below.
Let's get into your voicemails now. We'll get things started with Max in New Jersey. He's got his reaction to Jets-Eagles. Hi, this is Max's voice, and here's my thoughts on the game. I think the Jets played really good on defense. We had a really good defensive performance. We made Jalen Hurts look like he spikes in the ball every play. He was Jalen Hurts, We made Jalen Hurts look really bad. Our defense had three interceptions, which I thought was good. We had a couple stacks on her. Offensively, though, it was complete opposite. I didn't think our offense was that good. And I understand that even though Zach Wills has been proving, he's not that great of a quarterback, even though Zach has been improving the last couple of games. So we need to be more creative on, on offense, in my opinion. So I feel like our offense is kind of predictable. We either we run over the middle, which mostly we get negative yards. Even the other teams know, well, we're going to run over. I think so like RPOs. We need to do more RPOs because when we have RPOs with Hackett, when we call them, we get a ton of yards. Looking at other NFL games, we run kind of like this medieval offense. Like we don't do Zach Wilson. We don't do play action. I mean, it works every time with play action because Zach Wilson has two touchdowns under play action. We need to have more play action. I think we're going to need to win next week, but because the Giants are terrible right now, their defense is terrible. Their offense is terrible. But we should try doing play action. We try need to do more RPOs. We need motion more. Because looking at other games, like other teams, they have more creative offenses. Look at the lines. They have creative offense. They use a ton of trick plays. I feel like if we open up our offense more, I think we could be a serious playoff team. What's your thoughts on this and go, Jets? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate the call and the thoughts. The offense with Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson is a little bit bland at times. You're you're not gonna, you know, get an argument or push back out of me there. The play action works really well. I want to find the numbers uh, from Zach Wilson on the play action. This is not including the Eagles game. Uh, I did not update. This was tweeted out before the Eagles game. But heading into Week Six. Zach Wilson off the play action, 17-27, 62.96 completion percentage, 225 yards, 8.3 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 114.0 rating. He is very, very good off the play action. And that opens up the run game. Like That's how you get some balance in because then the defense is going, oh, are they gonna? is this going to actually be a pass? And then that's when Brees takes it and pops one off for 25-plus. And that's how you rip the big plays. So... I am I'm with you there. Defense stellar, no complaints. And heading into the bye, so we'll get more into the Giants uh, game coming up here, uh, you know, next week. But that that's one that you think if this defense is playing the way that it is, it might not matter that the Jets' offense is so bad in the red zone right now. They have to improve. That's an area where they must, must, must improve. Again, no pushback from me uh, on that one. Um, but I hope the offense, specifically in the red zone, begins to hit their groove. And I do think that they need to continue to be aggressive in, in the red zone. They're, they're close. Robert Salas said that they're close. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they have. Um, I think we've seen some improvement from Zach Wilson. Is it to the point where you're completely comfortable with him going forward? Not quite there yet, but he's gotten better. Let's go to Constantine from PA. What are we thinking? Uh, any uh, more positive this week from Constantine? What do, what do we think? Let's get to him. Hey, Maddie, this is Constantine from PA. Man, the only thing I love more than watching the Jets win is watching the Patriots lose. <laughs> Fuck it, you turds. <laughs> yeah, baby, we won the game. Uh, I hate to but see I got to tell you, Maddie, 
I don't know, man. I'm like somebody who's just, I just don't know, you know. I mean, how many times are we going to get in the red zone and kick field goals? I mean, it's frustrating. thank God we got a kicker like Greg Zerline. I mean, I vote he gets a raise because that guy scores more points for us than anybody else. And that's just a fact. You can look at the numbers. But the bottom line is, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lay in on Zach this week. I think he played well. Um, I think that when he's at his part of the field and just, you know, a little past it, he throws confident passes. He doesn't really hesitate much when he does. But I don't know what it is about this kid in the red zone, man. It's like we got the people that could get it in the end zone. And we're talking about when we're in the red zone, we're at, what, the 20-yard line? It shouldn't be considered the Bermuda Triangle because every time we go in there, it seems like we lose something. Whether it's points, a player, I don't know. But I will also say another thing, and it really pissed me off about the game. Are we not allowed to block anymore? Dude. Why the fuck do they call Lazard? For that blindside block Soft. on the catch that Garrett Wilson had that finally would have got us in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. If you're going to call the game, call the game fairly. I felt that that was the unjustifiable call. And as far as our defense is concerned, what else is there to say? You know, you hold the Eagles offense to that many points. You give your offense times and opportunities to take a lead and we're just not doing that. But thank God for the defense. Thank yep. God for Quinton Williams and his brother Quincy. Quincy. I think they're both outstanding players. I'm so glad we have them. So I'm not going to be doom and gloom. We got a bye week next week. Let's just try to get our shit together as far <laughs> as the red zone. Yes. I don't know if it's A, play calling in the red zone, quarterback play in the red zone, or if it's just, just lack of execution. But I'll take the win. We got an even record. I think we're three and three. Yeah, buddy. and uh, I'm just gonna end it on a good note. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Let's go, Constantine. Oh, baby, I love love the positivity. After the last couple weeks, we're getting a little curmudgeon, Constantine. That's what that's what your new nickname was gonna be. Uh, I'm just teasing. I, I appreciate you calling in, and all perspectives are welcome here. Uh, I, I'm, I will talk through any and all pers- uh, perspectives. The, you are 1,000% correct, though, with the red zone offense. That's a video that I focused on. I did a little bit of a, of a deep dive on the Jets' red zone problems in a video yesterday, and I have came away with a few things. One, Zach Wilson does deserve some blame in the, uh, in the red zone for their red zone uh, issues. Some people online, or just in general, cannot put anything anything on Zach Wilson. It's everybody else's fault but Zach Wilson. And I don't think that's fair. I also don't think it's fair to just go, the whole thing is on Zach Wilson. The whole, all their problems are just, just him. That's also not true. There's some nuance here. It's a little bit of both. So to answer your question, he is a part of the problem. Play calling, the biggest issue I have in the play calling, and he only did it once this past week, but when you're, when you're running on second and 10 in the red zone, you are putting yourself in such a garbage spot on third down. I, I hate it. I hate, hate, hate it. Uh, some of it's execution, and they also constantly shoot themselves in the foot with penalties. So many gosh darn penalties, holds, false starts, whatever. It's just that those add up, and then you're now looking at a second and 20 from in the red zone or a third and 15. 
and then that's impossible. You're taking yourselves out of these drives. They did it against Philly. They did it against Denver. And those are really the two games where the red zone off. I mean, the red zone offense just in general this year hasn't been good. But in those two games in particular, really stood out as being net negatives. So uh, I, I think it is absolutely fair to criticize it. Um, I, I don't think it's very good right now, and hopefully it's something that they can improve coming outside of the bye. But we will all sign up for 3-3. Three and three. Jake from Jer- uh, wow, I can't speak. From Jersey is up next. Jake from Jersey. Hey, what's up, Matt? Jake from Jersey. What's what up, a dude? great win that was. Uh, the defense was lights out. That was insane. Uh, I just want to talk about Zach, honestly. I just sure. Like, it's just crazy to see the progression. Like, did he have his best game? No. Um, definitely could get a lot better in the red zone. But, like, compared to, like, last year, you could just see, like, so much growth. Like, I reached the field. I mean, there weren't really any passes where you were like, what are you doing? Like, there, it was mostly, like, I feel like he had, like, probably had four. There was probably, what, I think four drops. Um, it's got to get better in the red zone. I feel like once once we figure out that red zone issue, man, it should be uh, – pretty legit because what, what were we one of four in the red zone imagine we scored you know we were three out of three or four in the red zone or something you know it wouldn't even really been that close of a game so once we get that stuff figured out but it's definitely encouraging to see this growth from Wilson his percentage his completion percentage was relatively low and I know his rating wasn't great but no crazy bad throws or not dirt in the ball the guys on a screen like just yep. definitely getting better which is awesome man but Anyway, uh, go Jets. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for calling in. He There's been tangible progress. It, it is a step forward. It's not, again, I don't think it's anything to victory lap over and be like, this is it. He's all the way back. He's fine. But we'd be naive to just ignore that there's progress being made. There was He had back-to-back games before this of completion percentages over 70, which is unheard of for him. Uh, the one interception he's thrown in the last three weeks was a a ball, a, a one-on-one b- ball that he threw to Garrett Wilson that Patrick Sertan made an unbelievable play on. Is it one that he has to put back shoulder? Yeah, he should have thrown that ball back shoulder. It wasn't a very good throw. But the reason why I didn't crush him for that interception was because I'm not going to have take issue with you going for a one-on-one play with your best weapon. I'm not going to kill him for that. So interceptions and the dumb throws uh, have gone gone away the the next step now is you have to start getting the ball into the end zone he has four touchdown passes through six games the number has you got to get start getting that number up a little bit and from there then i think that like that's the next step we we saw a little incremental incremental progress right like the dallas game was really the only one where the turnovers went off the rails and that was at the end of a game right in the fourth quarter the matt milano interception was bad but i'm not killing him over the uh, the one in Denver. The next step now is start, you know, start getting these games over 200 yards. He did that once, and get the ball in the end zone. <laughs> and from there, we'll see, we'll see. But that's the next step for me, I think. Anyway, let's do Brian up next from Virginia. He wants to complain about the officiating, which I think is fair. Let's do it. Hey, Matt, it's Brian from Virginia. Uh, just calling it uh, Monday morning. Uh, still pretty hyped from the game yesterday, even though it was not the prettiest thing in the world. The defense is just silly. But uh, just a, a couple things about the officiating, uh, which I'm sure you're probably getting a lot of calls about that. So if you are, you can just skip this voicemail. I'm sure you don't want to answer the same question multiple times. But 
two things that stood out was the uh, Hertz touchdown, mm-hmm. which wasn't a touchdown. Uh, even if it was, it was ruled turnover on downs, which if it was ruled a touchdown, they could review it. That's fine. But Sirianni didn't throw the red flag, so why did they review it at all? And I can't imagine that there was evidence to overturn it because the, the views that they showed us were all at angles and very tough to tell if the ball actually crossed the line. So I don't know why that play was even reviewed uh, other than the NFL just wants to keep an undefeated team. Uh, and the second one was the blindside block on Lazard, which the so corner was looking at Lazard when he got hit. He got his head around, so it wasn't really blindside. Uh Lazard just kind of got in his way. He didn't really move too much to put a shoulder into him. And it was a free play. So, technically, since the other guy, the uh, edge rusher was offside, that play only takes place if the Jets wanted to. I don't know why the – I mean, the Jets should have just been able to accept the penalty at that point for the offside uh, and or for the uh, encroachment or whatever it would have been. Uh and then the blindside block technically never took place. So I don't understand why they got that, and it erased a great first down and put us back another 15 yards. And it just it doesn't make sense to me how those things work. And I, I don't, you know, I haven't read all the bylaws and everything like that. I don't know. Maybe it, you know, maybe it, it does make sense in the way they have things written, but it just it doesn't make sense how those things take place. But I'm great win, uh, three and three into the bye, minus the biggest players on offense and defense uh, is is huge. Uh, so happy for this team, so happy for the fans. Now we get to relax for two weeks uh, and then back uh, against the Giants, which those poor guys, man. <laughs> uh, they should have beat the Bills last night, too. But uh, but hope you're doing great, man. Let's, Thank let's you. all party for the next two weeks and, uh, and go Jets. I love it. Completely fair to bring up. I still don't know from that first review what angle did they have to show that Hertz definitely got into the end zone? I think there's a chance that he did. I think there's a chance, but we didn't see anything that showed for sure that he did. And if it is ruled on the field first that he did not get in, then how? How how is that a touchdown? All right, whatever. Throw that one away. I had a bigger issue, a much bigger issue with the Lazard one. Because I get it. I understand player safety. I am not against player safety in any stretch of the imagination. But when you square someone up with your shoulder to their chest, how in the world could that possibly be a blindside block? Because he hit him hard? Because he hit him hard. That's so stupid. It really is. And that's not the same. It's not the same that from Randall Cobb in the preseason against the Giants. That was not the same play. It was completely different. It's just... Uh, at some point, you got to be able to play football, right? Like this is a physical game; it's a hard game. I'm not say, saying you allow the you know the kill shots where guys are launching themselves into guys' helmets and the helmet to helmet or shoulder to helmet or like. Remember, I always think back one of the scariest hits that I remember from the Jets. From I was young at the time; it was 13. It was 2008. Jets 49ers, Brad Smith got absolutely smoked going over the middle of the field and got folded up like an accordion. That can't happen anymore. But like that to me, that is one where it's like, okay, obvious flag. Like take that stuff out of the game, sure. But a regular a, a shoulder to the chest on a block is a penalty. 
what are we doing, man? It is just so, so frustrating that that gets called. Really is. Dante from South Carolina is up next. Hey, Matt. Dante from South Carolina on a sunny Monday. Sunny, Sunday victory Monday. I can't talk, dude. I'm <laughs> I know what I you mean. love this team, dude. The defense, I, I saw your tweet. Uh, I don't want to hear a bad thing about this defense ever again. Nope. Uh, we had practice squad players shutting down an offense that went to the Super Bowl last year. An offense that got better in the offseason, and we shut them down. That's incredible. Incredible. Um, the one bad thing that comes out of this defense, though, is that Oberg, I think, is earning himself a head coaching job somewhere. And I think this dude, I think we struck gold with him. And He's it's really good. It's to see him uh, leave one day because you know what's happening. Some, some team out there is looking for a defensive-minded head coach. And what this guy has put together with this unit is, is incredible. I mean – you can say, like, oh, he has all the talent in the world. Yesterday, he proved how big his balls are, man. That, that Sala, the whole coaching staff yesterday, fantastic. Um, you really can't say enough about this whole team, man. It, it feels good to, like, be excited about, like, the Jets again. Three and three, we want to take him with Rodgers. Uh, Wilson, man, I, I've been a Wilson truther. Sometimes I give up on him, but I, I, I always support the kid. But, man. He's he's taken some strides, and it, it's noticeable. Like last year, throwing him against the Eagles would have been suicide. Yeah, it wouldn't and have he, gone well. He pulled a rabbit out of his hat last night. He played really good protective football, made some really nice throws. I just like this whole team, man. Uh, MetLife turf sucks. Yep. Jets don't. Go Jets. Uh, <laughs> love the content. Keep it up. Bye. Thank you, man. Yeah, how do you like Garrett Wilson after the game? Saying that the the turf is terrible, that it's or garbage, I believe was the actual word. I, I Woody Johnson spent your billions of dollars on a functioning field. How about that? The everyone the players want a grass field. I understand that AVT got hurt on grass this year, and I understand that last year he and Brees Hall went down on grass. Like it doesn't fully prevent injury. Grass will never fully prevent injuries, but. If studies show that it's safer and it's what your players want and you you are losing people every single freaking time you play on that field. Rodgers, Tipman potentially. Luckily, you, you escaped Garrett. But, you know, guys are, are having to leave in all these games. And not just on the Jets. It, it happens. Remember a couple of years ago, like, didn't, weren't there multiple injuries on Jets 49ers in 2020? The year the the Jets the terrible two and fourteen year that was the what week two that year, and there were multiple multiple injuries in that game, on that turf, and there's even a new turf since then. But the, it still stinks. Um, yeah, man, the the defense is really special. And on a thought on Olbrick, while I would be sad to see him go, I just gave him an A. He's a really good, really really good defensive coordinator. I think Tony Oden is ready to take that next step and be a DC. I think what he's done with this cornerback room is really, really special. I think he is ready for that promotion to go from positional coach to defensive coordinator. So if, and I'll even say when, when Jeff Ulbrick leaves to become a head coach, I think Tony Oden should get the job. I think he can do it well. Hopefully as well as Jeff Ulbrick. You're right. It is going to be a big loss to see him go, and I'll be bummed out about that, but... I think the Jets might have someone else that they can plug in there. How about 
a little Devin from Nevada, little Eagles reaction. Let's do it. <laughs> Mr. Matt O'Leary, my boy. Man, feels great to call you on another Victory Monday here today. Love it. Uh, what's up, brother? Devin uh, from Nevada calling in. Um, so a couple things, man, I just want to talk about uh, from yesterday's awesome win against the Eagles. So uh, a few years ago, man, I can't remember when it was. can't remember if it was a regular season or a preseason game, but tell me if you remember this, okay? Uh, so we were playing the Eagles, and our captains, uh, beginning of the game, went out to the 50-yard line. The Eagles captains at the beginning of the game went to the 50-yard line. Coin toss, you know, before that, uh, our players stuck out their hands to shake hands, and the Eagles did not shake our hands. Now, uh, the Eagles and the Jets really have no beef, you know I mean, no rivalry like that. Kind of so, do. Um, it was just a lack of respect, you know what I mean? They just looked at us as jokes, and so much so to the point where they wouldn't even shake our hands. So for that, uh, have yourself a fat slice of humble pie there <laughs> for everybody in Philadelphia. Hope that tastes awful. Enjoy that. Uh, let's see. Next man, uh, Tony Odin. Yes. Man, see? That dude's a stud. What did we say? Uh, huge shout-out to Tony Odin and uh, Jeff Albright. Um, I'm pretty sure that Odin comes from Cincinnati, and then, so that's also why, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner and him have such a great relationship. But, um, man, for Odin to have those backup cornerbacks uh, ready to play, um, you know, huge testament to our coaching staff and their preparation. And, um, you know, awesome game out of Bryce Hall and uh, Craig James, I yep. think his name. I, can't, I honestly can't even remember his name, but awesome game by those two. Um, so much grit in determination and no quit in this Jets team, man. Definitely Salah's biggest win. Um, yeah, man, that was a beautiful game. Super fun to watch. Uh, all week, you know, just some Eagles friends and, uh, you know, that I have just tagging me and things like, uh, oh, Jets have never beat the Eagles, this, this, that, man. So, and again, like I said, Jets and Eagles really never had any beef. So it's beautiful to just, you know, stick up for ourselves. And, uh, you know, this team has gained a lot of respect around the league. So, I'm excited that we're winning games because this just ensures that Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, uh, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, our studs, man, they're going to be here uh, hopefully for the foreseeable future. Um, and then, you know, we can get a quarterback and stuff in 2024 and figure things out. But, you know, this is a huge game for our respect, our self-confidence, and, you know, just letting the league know that, like, hey, you know, when you face us, like, you're going to get in a dogfight. You know, nobody wants to play the Jets. And, uh you know, it's fun being an underdog, man. Love it. So, love the show. Love what you do, brother. Keep it up, Thank man. you. Go Jets, dog. What a great Let's what a go. win, dude. I'm so proud of us, man. Good game. Let's get it. Uh, I love it. Thank you so much, as always, for calling in, my friend. Much appreciated. The The Jets and Eagles do have some beef, which that's kind of what I wanted to go back to in, in, in this call. One, the I did not know about that from the the not shaking the hands. But if you remember in, when these two teams played each other in 2021, the Eagles were laughing at the Jets. They did not respect the Jets. And C.J. Mosley took that very, very personally uh, after that game and throughout the week leading up to this game. And for whatever reason, the Eagles made the Robert Sala's comments about giving uh, Jalen Hurts 11 kisses. Like, that was so blown up to the point where that was bulletin board material, which is just crazy to me. But anyway, they, they it's very clear that they did not respect the Jets, and they were not prepared. Trap game. They got trapped. 
And hopefully, look, I'm rooting for them this week. They got Miami. I hope they kick the crap out of the Dolphins. The Jets need that. We're going to be fighting for a playoff spot this year, baby. I I need to see the NFC teams beat up on the AFC teams. Things you love to see. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but... uh, What's it, what is it? F around and find out. That's what uh, that's what happened with the the Philadelphia Eagles this week. They f around and found out pretty hard uh, what happens there. But man, that defense is special. And I, and I, and you're so right with Tony Oden. He he got this team and Ulbrich, the two of them. I, I think Ulbrich's going to get hired, and I think Tony Oden's going to be the guy who steps in. Derek from Montana's got some quick words. Derek in Montana, no question. Just calling to say Jets. Been a Jets fan since 1965. The Eagles win. It was awesome. Go Jets. Ah, Derek, I appreciate you, man. I got to get out to Montana one of these days. I'm very... I want to see it out there. I love it. I was just just called in to say Jets. (laughs) Well, thank you for checking in, Derek. Let's go to Main Jet. Hi, Matt. This is uh, Main Jet calling. And uh, while I was watching the game, from Maine, you know, obviously, and it was an excellent game. It, you know, despite the fact that uh, the offense really didn't do all that well uh, on Sunday, I really thought that they played their best game overall. Um, beating the Eagles and being down all the players that they were doing, it was pretty much inexplicable from my eyes because I really thought that they were going to lose this one and really take it on the chin in a, in a big way. So, you know, it's exciting. We're coming out of the bye. Uh, we'll be going into the bye three and three. And my question is this. What do you think lies ahead for the next uh, last 11 games that the Jets play? I see it as their hardest games are the two against Miami and the Buffalo away game. Um, San Diego's going to be tough. Yep. Browns are going to be tough. Browns have, have number one defense right now. They're elite on um, defense. I, I don't see anything here. Besides away at Miami, which I absolutely cannot see them winning, and away at Buffalo, which I absolutely cannot see them winning, I do not see anything worse than nine and two to finish out uh, the season, and that means they finish at twelve and five. Now, my question is: Do they win the division? Is that good enough to win the division? Do you think they'll be twelve and five? Um, I'm thinking the New England game probably wouldn't even matter. So there's a good possibility that even if they lost that and went like 11 and six, that it doesn't really even matter because they've already solidified their their playoff spot. But anyway, love to hear what you think about that over the last 11 because now the schedule gets a lot easier. Talk to you later and always go Jets. Yeah, I I appreciate that. I would kill for a 12-win season. I don't think the Jets are going to go 9 and 2. I hope they do. That'd be sick if they go 9 and 2. I'm going to remember Main Jets call and say that he called it. I think okay. Games that I think the Jets probably lose. As you said, Miami on the road and uh Buffalo on the road. I think Cleveland on the road against that defense on a short week is a tough matchup. I thought I listed that one as a potential trap game for the Jets in my season predictions before the season. Uh, I said I think they'd go eleven and six with Rodgers. I I think that one. I think that's a tougher game than some people are are thinking. Um, can they win it? Sure, they can win any game that they play. I think, but that doesn't mean that they're going to. And I think they lose one more that they shouldn't. And maybe it's. Miami at home, which I, I want to beat Miami. I, I want to split with Miami. I think they can split with Miami, but you know, there's no shame in losing to that offensive juggernaut. But 
Like, I, I don't know. There's teams uh, every single year. There's games you win that you're not supposed to and lose that you're not supposed to. So maybe it's Vegas on the road on Sunday Night Football. I hope not. I want to beat Vegas. Or maybe it's, you know, Houston's a little bit tougher than people thought they would be. Atlanta could be scrappy at times. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think 10 and 7 is what I am hoping for. A realistic goal. And again, I hope 12 and 5. I hope they hit 12 and 5. I hope they go 9 and 2 down the stretch. But I'll say 10 and 7 is my goal for the New York Jets to get to. And I think they can do it. Because I thought if they went into the bye at 2 and 4, I thought there was a path to go 9 and 8. And now you got that extra win. So I'll say there's a path to go 10 and 7. Let's close out with PG from Long Island. Let's do it. Hello, Matt. PG from Long Island. Let's go Jets. Amazing win, obviously. A um, couple things. One, a couple weeks ago I called and I said that you know, besides Zach Williams, you have to worry about the coaching. Well, coaching seems to be improved a lot, especially on the defensive side. What a job yep. they did. Uh, but here's my, my question, my thought. Um, Bryce Hall, tremendous uh, two games in a row. He may not see the field for another year when these other cornerbacks come back. So my question is, is he trade bait? He's put two great games of tape on, uh, you know, games on tape, and maybe, um, you know, some of these other cornerbacks, backup cornerbacks we barely even heard of, look very good. So uh, maybe, you know, you do him a favor, you trade him to a team that needs a cornerback, and he gets to play and we get uh, some good uh, trade value back. Anyway, that's my thought. Go Jets. Great win, 3-3 three three at the bye. Uh, would have taken that with um, Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. So, uh, yeah, looking good. Go Jets. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I understand where you're coming from, and I, if you asked me this question in August, I thought – I think – I probably would have said there's a better chance of him not being here over the summer than at this point. I think where you are now, injuries happen all the time. And I get what you're saying. You know, you have guys like Craig James come in and play really well and um, Tay Hayes and all these guys. And I understand. I, I don't think they are going to do it now. I think if they were going to move off of Hall, it would have been an off-season thing. I thought it was something that they could have done. You know, he struggled last preseason. He struggled this preseason. It just felt like he was kind of falling out of favor. But this is the last year of his deal uh, on his rookie contract. I think they'd want to keep him for depth. He's relatively cheap depth at this point, and he's he's effective, and he has starting experience. So I, I totally get where you're coming from on it. I think, you know, I, I, I think you're on the right track. I just wouldn't be... It wouldn't be something that I would think Joe Douglas and Robert Sala would do. I don't think they're going to be in a spot where they're trading away depth. Now, maybe a vet like Hardman, who they're not using, or uh, Lawson. Not that anyone, I think, is taking Carl Lawson. Or Dalvin. One of those three guys I think are more likely to move than Bryce Hall, which if you asked me that before the season, I would have said that's not going to be the case. But that's the NFL. It's a weird world. Let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. Make sure to subscribe to the pod wherever you get it. If it's on YouTube, thank you. Give a like. Uh, if it's in audio form, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. It really helps me out a lot. I appreciate all the love and support from you guys. It means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.